Good morning. So our, our second time together since March, and it's a really good and special feeling to be together, to pray, be praying together. And as I look out at you, and you all look so different with these pretty masks on, and we're all sitting far apart from each other, but it's so encouraging to know that even though we live in a world that's so unstable and shifting, we know that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He's the same holy, amazing, faithful, loving God that he was when he created the world. And no matter how uncertain life looks, how awkward we might feel in these kinds of circumstances, we have the assurance that he has always been here and he always will be. So today we're going to be studying Psalm 25 together. It's a psalm of lament written by David, a psalm whereby David is working through some problems in his life with God's help. It's an acrostic, and we're not able to see that in our English Bibles, but the first letter of each new verse begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. There were some irregularities within it, but basically we can say it was written using 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. There are a total of about nine acrostic psalms in the Bible. It's basically a literary device that was used to add beauty and form to a psalm. So it was pretty much like an A to Z type of pattern and flow, but in Hebrew. Some also say that acrostic, the acrostic pattern was a device that was used to encourage learning and memorization. So if you want to open up your Bibles to Psalm 25, um, let's just go ahead and look at that, and I'll just read the whole passage through as we begin. <clears throat> a Psalm of David. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are, are, who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. 
O guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Ladies, let's just pray one more time before we begin. Lord, we feel so grateful and blessed that we're able to meet in person again today as, as well for the technology and the opportunity for many to be able to listen into the podcast. We praise and thank you for who you are, a compassionate and merciful Father, and we thank you for your promises that, that they're true and that your word is faithful, that you will instruct us and teach us in the way that we should go. Lord, as we look into Psalm 25 now, may you draw us closer to you, open up our eyes to your truth, helping us to understand and um, to apply that truth in our lives. May we hear your voice, Lord, and may the words that I share not be mine, but may you speak through me. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Life isn't easy. Stuff happens. And there are definitely some days better than others, but I think that we can all agree that one time or another, we all go through stuff, troubles and trials. We struggle with fear, loneliness, guilt, confusion. And when stuff happens and these difficult times show up, how do we respond? How do we walk this road? Where do we turn? How can we make it through? We fear of losing a loved one. We fear sickness. We long to have time with our friends again. We're feeling so alone and secluded these days. We begin to doubt some of the choices we've made and actions we've taken in the past. We're weighed down by sin and guilt. We're on a crazy road. Do we turn left? Do we turn right? We know we can't turn back, but how do we continue? What path and direction do we take? We try to take matters into our own hands, but we're in such a low spot and we don't know what we're going to do. Will COVID be over soon? It's messing up all my plans. Will I be able to freely visit with my aging mom and my in-laws? What if they get COVID? What if I get COVID? There's just so many questions, so many uncertainties, fears, and insecurities because it would affect so many areas of my life, my work, my family, my friends, my travel plans. I have been missing my extended family. I feel like there's this disconnect because we haven't seen each other for months. Our relationships, unfortunately, have become shallow. Do I turn left? Do I turn right? I can't go back. Where do I go from here? And so here's David. He felt this way too. We see in the Psalm of Lament that he wrote that he was a man who struggled with these same things that we do. Fear, loneliness, guilt, confusion. David was one who walked with God from his youth. David, the king of Israel, chosen by God, yet he's all messed up. A man who made some serious mistakes in his life, and now he was in a low point in his life. And as he's now advanced in age, He looks back and refers to the sins of his youth. And then he reflects on the terrible enemies that were out to get him. He's lonely, he's afflicted, and confused. He knew how it felt to be attacked, hunted, betrayed, abandoned, and weary. He's facing a ton of trials. 
and he's a mess. But we'll see that God didn't give up on him. David walks us down a road, a path whereby he works through some tough problems in his life with God's help. David realizes that when stuff happens, he needs to focus on God for his guidance and deliverance. He cries out to God for his wisdom and puts his trust and hope in God, putting full confidence in him, knowing that he will forgive and deliver him from all his trials and troubles, no matter how they came about. Confidence in a gracious God that can and will lead you and me back on the right road. When stuff happens and we encounter difficult trials, how comforting to know that by faith, if we trust and seek God in his wisdom and wait upon him, he will guide and deliver us from our troubles as well, all for his glory and for our good. He doesn't give up on us either. So here's David in verse 2, walking this rough road as he's fearful of his enemies. Let not my enemies exalt over me, he says. His life is being threatened and his reputation was in danger. What does he do? He goes directly to God in prayer. In verse 1, he says, I lift up my soul. He's basically falling down where he is, throwing his hands up in the air, and he's saying, Here I am, Lord. I completely surrender all to you. I'm going through so much trouble in my life. People are all after me. They want the worst for me. Yet here I am. I trust you. I look up to you, respect and honor you. I have confidence in you. I wait for you. Many of us are traveling on rough roads right now, highways with roadblocks and poor visibility. And just like David, our enemies may be too big to handle. Perhaps our family or friends aren't too happy with our decision to follow Christ. Or we've been wronged and hurt. We've been gossiped about, lied about. Our reputation has been smeared. Total heartache. We know that our help comes from the Lord, and we long for him to deliver us from our enemies, to deliver us from being wronged, to deliver us from our suffering. But sometimes waiting on the Lord can be hard. We've prayed and we've waited and prayed and waited, and we're impatient because we aren't seeing things happening. But his timing isn't always our timing. His faithfulness is great, and we wait patiently to see what he has planned for us. No matter what we're going through, we can have confidence that he has a greater plan for us. This is where we live in faith trusting and having confidence to wait on him, living in the expectation that his love and compassion doesn't fail and that his timing is perfect. Trust and confidence and hope in the Lord. This will get us on the right road or on our busy highway of life and will keep our focus straight ahead, away from ourselves and onto the Lord. As David struggled, perhaps with confusion and uncertainty, not only did he have confidence to go to God in prayer, but he had confidence in God's ways and truths as he longed to know them. In verses 4 and 5, David prays, Make me know your ways. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Teach me. And then again, there it is, For you I wait. He was willing to be taught 
and willing to walk in God's ways, not only desiring to know which direction and road to walk on, but the kind of godly life that God is calling him to lead. David's desire was to be wholly under the direction of God, waiting on the Lord all day long. Our struggles bring us uncertainty and confusion. We come to the Lord in prayer and cry out to him. We wonder what his will is for us and which way we could run. But are we teachable? Are we willing to let God teach us something? Are we willing to wait on him and walk in his ways? As believers, we desire to know his ways and walk in his path and be led in his truth. And this is marked by genuine faith. As I thought about all this, I wondered, am I hoping and waiting all day long in the Lord as I look for him to teach me? And then what would that look like? What would I do with what he has made known to me? How would I live out what I know and how would it show up in my life? Then I remembered hearing John MacArthur being interviewed and he said this, true faith will always show up in character. It will show up in love. First of all, in love, love for the Lord, love for Christ, love for the word of God, love for the church, even love for the world. It will show up in obedience, obedience to the word of God, a joyful, glad, grateful obedience, and it will show up in holiness, virtue. Those are the characteristics of true transformation, and that's true Christianity. So as we cry out to God, and as he makes his ways known to us, we may do so with humility, sincerity, and faith. But now as we move on in this psalm, we see that David is struggling with something else. Not only does, does he struggle with the external difficulties inflicted by his enemies, but, he now, but now his troubles seem worse as he expresses the internal misery of his sinful and guilty heart. David's aware of his sins and rebellious ways and struggles with the sins of his youth. He cries in verse 7, Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. Adultery, lying, murder. He had sinned against God. He doesn't run from them, but instead he confesses them to the Lord, asking forgiveness and pleads for mercy. David knows that his God was a compassionate and loving God from old, meaning since eternity past to eternity future. So pretty much a God that is compassionate and loving always. In order for David to be made known God's path and be led in his truth, he knew he needed to first deal with his past sins that made him wander away from that path. There's a repetitive word that David uses in verses 6 and 7. Remember. Remember your mercy. Remember not my sins. Remember me. He doesn't want to be remembered on the basis of merit, on, on what he deserved, but on the basis of God's mercy and compassionate grace. Our past struggles, whatever they are, pride, greed, arrogance, when they're not addressed and taken care of, they can sometimes bring on trials and difficulties in our life. They stand in the way of our relationship with the Lord. 
We might even fool ourselves, as it says in 1 John 1, 8 to 9, to believe that we have no sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To forgive us and to cleanse us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Then and only then are we made new in him. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Part of the old which has gone is the remembrance of past sins and the guilt they produced. We don't need to wallow in memories of our former sinful lives because we can now have a victorious, live a victorious Christian life that God wants for us. In Christ, he has set us free so that we can overcome our sins by his mercy and grace. And now David's psalm, it takes a different approach. The first seven verses were a meditation of David's heart as he prayed directly to God. Now as we look in verses 8 to 10, we see a continuation of his prayer, but here he speaks about God, looking at his character, and he's declaring the goodness of God. Let's just reread those verses 8 to 10. God, sorry, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. He is a good and just God. He is upright, genuine, and honest. He is trustworthy and a willing guide. He gives us grace to be humble, not to be proud. He is loving and faithful to all those who obey him. We will fail and fall time and time again. That shouldn't surprise us because we are sinners. Having a hopeful, thankful heart is hard because as we think about our COVID world and the situations we find ourselves in, we're lonely, we're tired, our plans have been changed or ruined. We're brokenhearted by relationships that have become distant. It's so easy to fear and worry about life and the future. There's so much uncertainty about our health, our jobs, our finances, leaving us nothing but stress and anxiety and, and we, leaving us feel powerless. Negativity can creep up quickly, yielding a complaining attitude. And before you know it, our sinful, dishonest hearts emerge. But as we meditate and think upon his goodness, we see that he is waiting to offer forgiveness and a new start for those who, by faith, love and trust him and follow his ways. But David, again in the psalm, seeks forgiveness again. He humbly realizes the greatness of his sin. In verse 11, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. David had already expressed earlier that God was a good and just, compassionate, loving and faithful God. The guilt he feels is so great, his sin weighs so heavily on him. Forgiveness is what he, is need, what he needs to deliver him from the disgrace that he is experiencing. But for what reason? For him to look and feel good? No benefit was going to him to honor himself and make himself known. 
No, it's all for God's name's sake, for the honor and glory of God's name. All the glory goes to God. Our sins were forgiven for Christ's sake alone. Our sins weigh heavy on us at times and we're on this busy, rough road of life. And with the Lord's help, we run, or for some of us, we attempt to run, but it's more like a slow, steady crawl. We aim to get to the finish line, keeping our eyes focused on Jesus. But as we're on this road of life, there are many obstacles we encounter that set us back and cause us to fall. There's these huge potholes and down branches, steep hills and and crazy turns do a number on us. Where once we walked on beautiful paved roads, we find ourselves stumbling through gravel and mud, slowing us down, tripping us up, and we fall. These obstacles are just like our sinful attitudes and our sinful actions. They slow us down, they trip us up, and we fall. And we need help getting back up to continue on. Our only hope is in Christ's blood on the cross. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, the gift of his forgiveness becomes ours. He delivers us from the disgrace we are experiencing and helps us finish our course. But it was never about us. All is for Christ's namesake. And once again, in the next section of this poem, verses 12 to 15, David reminds us that it's too difficult to walk this road without the companionship and friendship of God. A God that we as humble people are to fear. And then as we fear him, we can expect him to guide us in his ways. Not that we're to be afraid or scared of him, but we have no reason to be scared of God. When we studied Romans together, we saw the Apostle Paul reassured us of this promise in Romans 8, 38 to 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have nothing to be afraid of, ladies. Fearing God means to be in reverence or awe of him. Fearing God makes a great impact on the way we live our lives. The fear of God is respecting him, obeying him, submitting to his discipline, and worshiping him in awe. As we look to him continually, he reveals his truth to those who fear him. And now as we end um, near the uh, end of this, this psalm, we see that David is pleading again to God, and this time he pleads for grace and deliverance. In verse 16, he confesses to be lonely and afflicted. In verse 17, his heart is troubled. He is distressed. In verse 19, consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. Again, what an overwhelming heaviness he carries. He has an awareness of all his sins and is troubled by his enemies and pleads with God to forgive him. In verses 20 and 21, O guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Very similar words to what we saw at the beginning of this psalm. In verse 1, let me not be put to shame. Verse 3, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. Verse 5, for you I wait all day long. He is placing his full trust and faith in God and waiting on him, eager to follow him in the path that he has prepared for him. 
and he desires to live a life of integrity, walking a path that leads to honor. And in the final verse, verse 22, a little different than the personal prayer that we found in all the other verses prior to this, David ends by praying for Israel. Verse 22, redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Throughout the psalm, David had prayed so earnestly for himself, for the forgiveness of his sins, for the rescue from his enemies. But now in his humility and reverence to God, his deep concern is shown as he now prays for the redemption of the nation of Israel because he knew that God and God alone can redeem Israel. Ladies, as we close, know that the stresses that David experienced are not any different than the ones that you and I share. Know that you are not walking this road alone. Know that you don't have to take the reins and try to solve all your problems along the way, leaning on your own wisdom. There is hope as we lean to wait on the Lord. A hopeful, expectant waiting as we listen, lean, and trust on him to guide and deliver us from our troubles. As we are set free from the penalty and power of sin because of the sufferings of Jesus Christ, the one who was without sin, all the pain from our past, our memories, our guilt, the fears we deal with and the loneliness we feel, the injustice, the wrongs that have been done to us, they are all dealt with and we can stand clean. We have a heavenly father who forgives our sins based on his love, mercy, and grace, and that can change our life and the way we face these trying times. Let's go to him in confidence, humbly stepping out in faith, falling down and throwing our hands up in the air, just as David did, and say, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Here I am, Lord, I completely surrender all to you. And may this be our prayer for all his honor and glory and for our good. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, we need you. There are um, so many times when we feel as though we've taken the wrong turn and steered off the road that, that we should be walking on. We try our hardest, but in desperation, we, we reach our hand out to you, Lord, and um, seeking for your direction and guidance. Help us to listen, to lean and trust on you, to guide and deliver us from our troubles, from our sin and guilt that weigh us down. Help us to wait on you. We thank you that by faith we can trust and hope in you, putting full confidence in you, knowing that you will forgive and deliver us from our trials and troubles, leading us back on the right road, and you have the power to change us and our circumstances. Lord, I pray that you help me and every single lady here today and all those listening in teach and help us to walk in the path of your word today. And may you be honored and glorified through it all. We praise these things in Christ's name. Amen. Um, just one more thing. Um, we want to remind you um, as we look forward to meeting next week, if you have the opportunity to um, look over Psalm 98, and keep Emma Condi in your prayers as she will be preparing to teach us that. So that's Psalm 98.